0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Monsei, a K-pop podcast with your host Zia J. As always, I've got the latest news, reviews of this week's comebacks, and an interview for you this week. I talked to Jazz, known as Cookie, on Twitter about her experiences leading online fandoms. If you want to get involved with the show, check out the socials at Monsei Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm hoping to get a little comeback of the week segment happening... So that will be on the socials in the next few days if you want to let me know who you're listening to. But let's get into the news from this week. We open with some signing news, as former GFriend member so has signed with IOK Company as an actress. She will be shedding her stage name and going by Kim so and will be actively promoting in the future. This comes after g Friend split up in May this year, deciding not to re-sign with Source Music. Member Love is leaving only one of, 8D Entertainment explained in a statement on Monday. According to the statement, he is withdrawing from the group amicably, and the company has asked people to refrain from spreading rumours and speculation. Only one of's promotions for the rest of this year are being rearranged. And former Beast member Jang Hyun Sung has left Cube Entertainment over 11 years after his debut. The company explained that he had not renewed his contract and asked fans to continue supporting him. Moving on to some corporate news, Mellon announced they will be changing their charts beginning this coming Monday. The new charts will be the top 100 and recent charts. The top 100 will be calculated based on a mix of the most listens from the last 24 hours, and the last hour specifically, while the recent chart will track songs that have newly entered the charts. Along with this announcement, Melon has launched a department specifically dedicated to monitoring and analysing the charts to avoid chart manipulation. With rumors SM Entertainment founder Lee Suman is stepping back from his role at the company, several labels are reportedly competing for his shares in SM. He holds almost 19% of SM shares, making him the company's largest shareholder and an appealing prospect as that would offer a significant amount of influence to anyone who acquired them. According to reports, the frontrunners include HYBE, CJ of CJ ENM, and Kakao Entertainment. If the shares went to HYBE, the company would gain yet more influence over the Korean entertainment industry, although CJ and Kakao both appear more likely options. Kakao Entertainment has worked with SM before, and apparently offered more than 2.5 trillion Korean won for the shares, approximately 2.2 billion US dollars. It is reported that Lee Soo Man has been in discussion with potential buyers. And Mnet has compensated 11 of the 12 Produce 101 contestants who were unfairly eliminated from the competition. While lead producers and other staff have received prison sentences for their manipulation of votes, Mnet is still negotiating with the final victim with regards to the appropriate amount of compensation. Mnet has said they will continue to discuss with the victim's agency to compensate them fairly. And finally, before we jump into reviews, comeback announcements. B2B will be making their first comeback since their kingdom appearance by the end of August. also at the end of August, former eyes One member Kwanun B will be making her solo debut with Wulim Entertainment and Stacy's agency High Up Entertainment has revealed the rookie group will be having their comeback in early September. It is only the first week of August, but things are already hectic with new releases, and we'll start with the comebacks from Monday this week. Astro's new track, After Midnight, is classic funky summer pop, with my beloved a strong bassline, complemented by fast percussion and some really fun synth sounds. Astro have these super dreamy boy band vocals, and this song is just full of them. I really enjoy the chill post-chorus section, it gives you a well-needed moment to breathe before getting back into this really fast verse. After Midnight hits all the marks of K-pop at the moment, it's easy to follow, but in the good, this-is-catchy kind of way. We also had Golden Child's comeback on Monday with Ra-Pum-Pum. I've been keeping an eye on Golden Child, especially since their performances on Road to Kingdom, and I think this is something they're really good at. Pum -pum sits at this really nice mid-range, with some interesting melody decisions and a structure that is just made for the members' voices. I also really enjoyed the percussion tones in here – I wanna say there's a steel drum, but I could be wrong – but it all really sets it off. There's all the drama that I enjoyed seeing in their Road to Kingdom performances, and even if I'm not sold on the rap part, I liked the song overall. I was scrolling through some comments while listening to this and a reddit user said, quote, The video screams climate change apocalypse, but the song screams throw it back, and you know I'm kinda okay with that. Which, honestly, vibes. <laughs> and to round things out, on Monday we had Somi with her new single, Dum Dumb. This is reminiscent of Girls' Generation to me, not necessarily in terms of sound, but in the way this transitions so easily from bright verse to sexy chorus, with this occasional, kind of, darker rap part. The drop in the chorus goes so hard, with a deep synth part that really works and a whistle melody that sits over it all really nicely. If you're put off by the bubblegum pop vibes in the beginning, I really recommend listening through it. It's a strong song and hopefully bodes well for maybe an upcoming album, if we're lucky. Also this week we had Weekly's comeback with Holiday Party. I'll be honest, Weekly's music isn't super my style, but this is a vibe. Bouncy synth with enough bass to offset the higher vocals, and a really light, catchy pre-chorus. Holiday Party is super cute and fun, and solidly timed as summer hits its peak in Korea. There's a really fun sample in the chorus, for some reason that really stuck in my head, but I can't ignore how solid the vocals are through this whole song. I don't imagine it was easy to record, given that a lot of it is pretty high, but the members did really well with it. And I'll wrap things up this week with Sunmi's new song, You Can't Sit With Us. Sunmi is a legend, obviously, and she carries this 90s vibe mixed with recent trends really well. Her vocal style absolutely suits this, and it's elevated by the sample drums and clear synths that sit under it all. There is a full zombie fight scene in the music video. She shoots a bunch of them with a pink handgun, And I don't know if it's that or the song itself that gives me Legally Blonde musical vibes, but it's all just impeccable. This is just so well handled. Like, of course you can't go wrong with Sunmi, but You Can't Sit With Us really lands for me. We've got another big week coming up with On and Off, The Boys, and Park Ji-hun among the new releases. But as always, if there's anyone you want to make sure I listen to, do let me know on the socials at monse Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Now, I am very excited to bring you my interview with Jazz, a friend of mine, but also someone who's had some really interesting experience leading an online oneness community, and generally they have some really good insights into the K-pop fandom. I will just mention at the top here, there's a brief mention of the Wholesome Green Burning Sun scandal, it's not dwelt on at all, no detail or anything, but it does come up and I don't want to blindside anyone. But for now, I will pass it over to myself and Jazz. Hello, thank you very much for joining me. If you'd like to introduce yourself uh, and maybe talk a bit about how you got into K-pop. Okay, well, hi,
1: I'm Jazz, or on Twitter, people call me Cookie. Don't I don't really care what you call me. Um, and I kind of got into K-pop back in, I want to say 2016, 2017. Um, I had a friend in high school who, funnily enough, was like really into BTS, and she introduced me to them, and I didn't like them because I don't know that just wasn't my music taste at the time, and because of that, I avoided K-pop for a while because I was like, if this is what it sounds like, I'm not interested. <laughs> and then I think it was maybe only a little while after that where I think it, I think it was a choreography video that popped up on like my, my YouTube feed, like the recommendations, and I watched that, and that was, I think it was Card, and that kind of just tumbled me down the rabbit hole of K-pop because I enjoyed card, and then after that I found Seventeen, who's known for their choreography, mm. and I just crashed
0: into that. <laughs> yes, and just as a fun fact for the listeners, Jazz and I met at a Day6 concert, and then again at another concert we happened to run into each other. So go to concerts yes. <laughs> or hang out outside of That's- them and you'll make friends. That's how you meet people, definitely <laughs> yeah, for sure, well, yes, I am very excited to talk to you because uh you have some experience in kind of being in fairly significant roles in some online fandom communities. Do you want to talk a mm. little bit about what that has been for you, like what you've done?
1: Yeah, well, um, I think one of the biggest things would probably be Amino which is like an, a big online community I guess where you can make your own community invite anyone you want the other people can join as they want sort of thing and mm. um, I was a leader for one of like the k-pop specific communities in Amino I was the leader for One Us which was uh, RBW Entertainment if you've heard of them they're really good mm. but um yeah, I was a leader for that. I kind of stumbled into the role because, if I remember correctly, um, I, mean, like, one else, I mean, I was one of the first ones I ever joined, just because I was very new to the whole thing in general. And <laughs> when I first joined, I think within one or two weeks, I was like kind of promoted to the curator position, which is like one below leader. And that was mostly just because I had a really free schedule, and I was from a time zone that none of the other people were from, so they're like, you're in, like, we need you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I barely even got to be a community member, I guess you could say, before that happened. And then, like I said, like a little while after that, I eventually became the leader, one of the leaders of that Amino. It's definitely an experience, I can tell you that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Do you want to talk a bit about what that entailed? Because you've kind of been involved in uh, running things a bit and organizing different things and that's really interesting to me. So yeah, what was that actually like? Um, It was a mix between super fun and also
1: a bit stressful at times. It's very time-consuming, I guess you could say, because you spend up to hours just kind of moderating Mm. the community. So like you have the fun times where as a leader and just someone as part of like the moderation team, where you make events so people can join in, like people in the community can feel I don't know, welcomed, I guess, and make sure that that everyone's taking part, getting to meet new people, that sort of thing, and that's really fun. You're just making those sorts of events, but then there's also the stressful side of it, Like I said, we're on it for hours, moderating making sure no one's like being mean to other people making mm. sure like just everyone everyone is staying safe in the community cuz i guess you get this anywhere on the internet there's always going to be trolls there's always going to be those people that aren't there for the fun of it they're there to
0: like kind of harm the community mm. which isn't fun <laughs> no not at all was that difficult to handle i guess especially in kind of a fandom space Mm. where there's a lot of other things going on as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely had some difficulties there, and like the problems range from person to person. I think one time we had, I don't know what Amino was going through at the time, but there was just a massive wave of trolls, I guess, and it's happened Mm. to every single community within Amino, where it was just these people that kind of just... Spread throughout all the different communities and just trolled everyone. Kept spending, sending spam messages, so we'd spend hours, like every single day. Like as soon as these people joined the community, and have to like just straight away ban them. And it was just kind of like constant. You have to check to make sure are these people coming in again. Like, and that lasted for quite a while. But um, mm. other than that, you have other general people where like sometimes they're a good part of the community, and then other times they might end up. Being mean. I guess, like, for example, with Amino, we had kind of the what would you call like a warning system where you had two warnings before you were kicked out. So it was like your first warning was if you've just done something against the guidelines. And sometimes people recognize that that was a mistake, they accept their warning, go about, don't make the same mistake again. But other times they don't do that, like, and it's a repeat offender to to a point where we do eventually have to kick them out for it, which is mm. a little bit sad because, you know, like you want people to be part of this community, but mm. sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't work out for the betterment of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. What was, like, your favourite part about um, kind of being in that role and, and being involved in that? I guess a big thing for me
1: Is the fact that I like organizing. Organizing and planning is my thing. It's what I'm good at. It's what I enjoy. So I enjoyed, like, setting up the guidelines for the community. I enjoyed, um, like, organizing events. I enjoyed just kind of getting, finding ways to make sure everyone is participating. Um, another thing is whenever we got to do, I guess, collaborations with other aminos, that was super fun because we'd hold, like, mixed mm. events I guess where one example we collaborated with the Blink Amino, Black Pink Amino. And though they, they was so much fun to work with, like their leadership team, setting up a massive like I think it was a week long event, where like every single day we had a new event and at the end of it we had prizes for people who we thought thought did best, etc., etc. And just Doing that sort of stuff is so much fun because then at that point you're branching out into the broader K pop community and not in just your little mm. circle of this one K pop group. And I think that's a good thing that you get to like broaden out like who you get to know within the
0: general K pop community. I'm curious because like I guess people in roles like that, um, I feel like there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to run things like that smoothly. So what mm. actually went into that kind of event?
1: I think the first part of it was literally just the reaching out of it, because within our community, right, we have a little suggestions area where people in the community can make suggestions, and one of those was like, hey, do you want to collab with this Amino? And so obviously we take that into mind, and we go and reach out to said Amino and be like, hey, do you want to collab with us? And then obviously they say yes or no. In case of Blink Amino, they obviously say yes. And then from there, it's kind of... um. Well we pick one of the aminos to hold the leader chat, I guess you could say of all the event organizers mm-hmm. that are going to like make this thing happen and it's from there it's basically just a lot and a lot of planning. It's like throwing ideas out there of how about we do this on this day and how about we do this on this day and then it's like the breakdown of um because I mean on amino you can have like a prize system called coins or you can give people titles, like fancy titles, that sort of thing. And so it's like, do you want to give people coins as prizes? Do you want to give people titles as prizes? Do we want prizes at all? That sort of thing. Or how are we going to choose who wins this specific day? Like, is it going to be us choosing? Is it going to be just other members of the community choosing? That sort of thing as well. Um, There's also just the general timeline of it as well. So it's like, when are we going to start this? When is it going to end? What event do we want to hold on each day? It's just a lot of... I guess organizing in general.
0: Yeah, it's so much, and I'm always so impressed when I hear about things like that because I just like could not imagine <laughs> like all of the little details you'd have to work out to run that smoothly.
1: A lot of details, especially with like even just the posting system in Amino, because there's like specific ways you can make a post to make it look pretty, or just like how to feature it, whether you want to feature on the top of the page, bottom of the page, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's also just making the posts all the posts that you'll need Mm. to get the event running
0: (laughs) it's a long process Mm. and definitely a lot longer than i think people realize oh absolutely do you think there are other things that kind of happen behind the scenes or are involved in roles like you have done that maybe people don't know about if they haven't done that before
1: not particularly i think one of the biggest things in general that ends up happening is like i said just moderating the community because you Mm. want it to be a safe and happy place for everyone in it. And sometimes that does mean either kicking people out or just like giving them warnings and stuff like that, or just opening a separate chat with them to be like, hey, can you stop doing this? It's making a few people uncomfortable. And that does get hard sometimes because you want to be nice, you want everyone mm-hmm. to enjoy themselves, even this person that may have done something wrong. But it's it is hard to have to draw that line and be like, hey, what you're doing right now isn't okay, can you stop? And then if they don't mm-hmm. stop,
0: making the decision to have to cut them out. Mm. I guess that's a lot to, uh, like, a lot of decisions to make at different points. And especially, like, going into that with kind of, like, there's no training, there's no, like, I guess <sighs> you can get advice from other people probably about it. but
1: Oh, definitely. It's a. It's very much a volunteer position. It's you, mm. you basically you learn from other leaders before you, other people in the position. But it's not there's no exact training period as far as, far as I'm aware for a lot of the communities. It's kind of just learn on the go. Hope that whoever you've hired for the position is responsible and organised, mm. and can follow the guidelines themselves. Like um, <laughs> a big part of what I did as well was like I helped make the guidelines for the community. So like Amido mm. itself has guidelines that every community has to follow, but you can you, you can add to mm. that You're within your own community if you feel the need to. And so, like we had to like oh, my I took a big part of it, but obviously the other leaders input was there as well because you have a leader chat mm. and that's where we discuss everything. But yeah, like making that guidelines and deciding what goes in is a very big part of it and making sure it's like even like how we ban people and stuff like that. It's like, what do they have to do? How bad do they have to be for us mm. to ban them? Like, what are the levels there? I think a lot of mm-hmm. that goes into it.
0: Mm, absolutely. On the flip side of that, like if there are people who are involved in those communities, do you have, I guess, like advice for how to behave or things that can keep those spaces kind of healthy and safe and running smoothly? Um, Sorry, that's a bit of an on-the-spot question, but
1: yeah. <laughs> I get it. Um, I think the biggest thing is just to stay respectful. Like, Be yourself, but in the sense that you want to be respectful to other people around you as well. You want like, you, We want this to be a happy place. We don't want it to be depressing or anything like that. Like, obviously, mm. if you have some life problems, there are people you can go to. Like, Even, like I said, within the guidelines and stuff like that, we did have a section where it said if you need help, these are the links you go to, these are the people you go to, like Amino, our community is not like a psych session, we're not here to, Mm. we're not professionally trained to help you with that sort of stuff, so please go somewhere where you can get actual help for it, sort of thing. Yeah, so for that part, like I said, we mostly just want to keep it a happy, respectful place Mm. and just make sure everyone's enjoying themselves, but they're doing it in a way that, Everyone else can also enjoy themselves at the same time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That like you have a good time, but don't kind of infringe on anyone else's ability to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Cause
1: it's the internet. There's always going to be yeah. like something that happens, something someone's going to be mm. mean, someone's going to say something that offends someone. So like, do your best. Like I,
0: I know it's hard, but do your best. Mm. And I mean, I feel like especially in K-pop, there's always going to be drama going around and things like that and kind uh, definitely. of keeping in mind that like being respectful about things is really important, I think.
1: Especially when like news articles pop up and everyone's going to have mm. their own opinions on how something gets mm-hmm. taken. Like, I remember, what was it, the Sungri scandal when that first came out? Mm. And that was a mm-hmm. big talk of discussion in a lot of the chat groups. And we had to kind of make sure that what was being talked about Was like heavily moderated, and also trying to keep on the fact that this wasn't a Big Bang or Sungri amino. This is a one us amino. We don't necessarily want to focus on it that much. Like talk about it, but talk about it in moderation, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't imagine how that like that must have been so hectic.
1: Every single time something big pops up in the media, it was like, oh, let's watch the chats for a bit.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you about this is that you kind of um, are in this or, like, have been in this position with quite a unique perspective, I think, on how fandoms work and what they are like, Mm. especially, obviously, in K-pop. And even, like, even your Twitter, you're still very active in kind of 17 fandoms on Twitter. Yeah, I do try my best. (laughs) Um, I'm curious about, like... If there are things that you've learnt or kind of good or bad things maybe about fandoms that you might have um, learnt, especially kind of in that role online, I guess like one thing I might touch on
1: is kind of the age groups. I guess there's plenty of like Mm. older responsible fans kind of around at our age in the twenties, but there's also a lot of younger people, and I want everyone to kind of respect and be aware of that because there all, will mm-hmm. always be those younger people and we want to kind of protect almost in a sense make sure they are getting the happiest side of the fandom or that sort of thing and there's also even the above that fact, I guess you could say is the minors the people who probably shouldn't be mm. like on the internet on social media and like I know it's hard to, probably for them to hear and accept, but there's a reason why. When you're so young, as young as 13, you shouldn't be on the internet. That sort of thing. So I kind of want to remind people that they exist and we should help them and make protect them, mm. I guess, make sure they're away from the drama that does pop up.
0: Mm, absolutely. And I think my experience, having been in fandoms from quite a young age online and now being older and still being active, like I think spaces like that are really important for young people learning how to behave in fandoms and etiquette to have especially in k-pop where you do sometimes have the opportunity to interact with the celebrities and stuff um and i think having like a healthy space especially online can be such a good opportunity for young people to kind of learn how to behave a bit
1: (laughs) yeah definitely because There is the fact, and I hate to say this, but Twitter is a hotbed for drama, and Twitter is the massive K pop, I guess, area. It's where most people go to talk about various K pop groups and just that general area. So it's like, you want to make sure that it remains sort of not a happy place in general, like obviously you want it to be happy, but just like a safe place, I guess, for those sorts of Mm -hmm. people.
0: Sometimes I worry when I talk about kind of younger people in fandoms that I sound condescending. And like, I'm not super old, but I don't want to sound condescending. It is just like through experience no. and through my friends' experience, exactly. like it is just about trying to look after you.
1: Definitely, like we we literally mean no harm by it. Yeah, we're literally just trying to protect you, and not a condescending way, but in a sense of we've been there before. Mm. We know what happens when, like. You do get introduced into like the social media and stuff that young, mm. and it's usually not a good thing. Yeah, that's all I can say about Like, from personal experience, I can say when I went online really young, I'm, I'm still going to therapy, so yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say about that, I guess. Yeah, like, be careful. Yeah, there's a reason why we want you to be cautious, and we don't exactly want you there in the nicest way possible. Mm
0: yeah and yeah it absolutely like it's never about trying to like control what someone should do like it's never about actually saying like okay you shouldn't be doing this it's just about there will be shitty people out there and we don't want them to be able to hurt you or manipulate you or or anything like that try and avoid drama where you can and i guess that's
1: something that comes with age as well with age comes mm. a great responsibility <laughs> um, you kind of you kind of just learn to not look at the drama and i think mm. you should help the younger people who are still new to that sort of stuff help them learn that mm. drama isn't something you need to pay attention to like you can just ignore it you don't have to take part in it
0: yeah absolutely i don't know in kind of the least condescending way if there are some younger listeners like Spending time in spaces that are not focused on drama, they're always going to be really good places um, mm-hmm. where you can kind of learn a bit and they're going to be safer for you because if there, if that drama isn't happening in that space, that means the people there are, are going to be more considerate and they're going to be more self-aware um, and that's always going to be a better online space.
1: Yeah, definitely. I so do suggest definitely taking your time to find those people that you click with that will respect you and not necessarily avoid the drama, but make sure it's dealt with in a way where they're not kind of adding coals to the fire. Like, just mm. make sure it's a nice discussion. It's not a one person has to be against the whole world sort of thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's always a lot that we can do kind of as fans, um, to improve the spaces that we're in and to make things better and healthier, especially in online spaces. Are there other things mm. um, that you might have come across that maybe it, uh, is important for people to keep in mind? Maybe like anonymity, I
1: guess, in the sense that when you're online, there is a certain sense of anonymity to it, where mm. you don't know the for the most part you don't know the other people that you're talking with. And that is also something that comes with the responsibility of just because they can't see you just because they don't know who you are in real life doesn't mean you can be mean to them, doesn't mean you can like mm. just say whatever you want it like I don't know how to say it other than like it's you're anonymous, but you're also not at the same time you are putting yourself mm. out there, like you are being mm. representing yourself, whether you like it or mm. not, so yeah, <laughs> just. Stay kind and respectful. No matter how anonymous you think you are, like you'd be surprised how connected the internet is. I'm sure there are plenty of people yeah. that could figure out who you are. <laughs> Especially the bigger companies like Twitter and Facebook, who have
0: no shame mm. in selling your information. Mm. <laughs> so be careful. Yeah. Please be careful. Do be aware of what you're putting online. But also, like I think the point you made is really good. That like what you're saying is actually going to other people, like other people seeming anonymous can kind of make it seem like you're not actually talking to a person, but that mm-hmm. always is a real person on the yeah, other exactly, end yeah. of that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's kind of general advice, but it is the type of thing that I think really makes a difference um, in when you're in a community, like really remembering that Everyone else there is human, and you're a human as well, so you deserve the same kind of respect and, and treatment as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. this it's
0: kind of Respect makes the world go around. Be nice to people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what are some of your favourite parts about the fandoms that you're in or that you've been in? And I guess especially kind of having had that role, that kind of leader role, on amino like what are some of the favorite your favorite things that you've noticed about those communities
1: I think a good thing I've like seen I guess over time is that there is more good than bad the majority of people within fandoms mm. are actually nice people that just genuinely want to connect with other people that enjoy the same thing as they do and that to me is amazing especially when you consider that these are people all over the world. Like, I have a friend from Serbia. I have a friend from America. I have friends mm-hmm. in Philippines. It's, it, mm-hmm. it goes so far. And it's just kind of crazy, I guess, how far you can go and how many friends you can make from those people mm-hmm. that you'd otherwise never meet unless you didn't, like, unless you didn't share that same enjoyment of K pop or whatever specific group that you like.
0: So I think that yeah. blows my mind a little bit, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes I think about I'll be watching like V-Lives or whatever and I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, no, everyone on here is watching the same thing happen and everyone's like yeah. in all these different places around the world and at the same time it's because like this this Korean man is talking to his phone. Like, <laughs> and yeah, that definitely. I think sense of connection is one of like my favorite things um, about it. K-pop fandoms for sure. Definitely the power of
1: K-pop. There's like I have one group of friends that I met and I made friends with these people on Amino, and even though I'm no longer on it, like we're still really good friends. Like we have a our own Facebook mm. group chat called the Three Amigos, where it's super fun <laughs> together. So we're constantly still chatting about our lives, and it's just crazy how it, friendships can transcend from simply meeting someone online over a shared connection. Of liking a K-pop group, mm. it, it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. What else? I have um, a friend in New Zealand who, like, I met. She, mm. I also met her on technically on Amino, but we we're both carrots as well, as well as like for one us. So like, we bonded over that, and then like she eventually came over. To Australia for like a super I think it was a super for supernatural, you know that TV show? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I think they were having a convention over here. And so like meeting up with her mm-hmm. for that as well. It's just getting to know other people's interests outside of K-pop as well. Just how much you can yeah. bond with other people.
0: Yeah. Um I might have mentioned it on here before, but yeah, like I met someone at a punk show and they had um I think a Monster X phone case. <laughs> and we started talking about that and it Yes. It truly brings people together.
1: Definitely does. And it's a great thing to bond over true, just because there are so many of us. And also just because like, we we come from all different walks of life, so there's basically mm. that promise of you'll always meet, like always, there always is someone out there that you can mm. be friends with. There's always someone to, that you can get along with, probably perfectly.
0: Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I guess something... I especially have become more aware of after starting this show and talking to some like pin makers and people like that is like mm. the Sometimes I think about the K pop fandom like a little town. And I know there's a lot of people, <laughs> but it's like there's really all sorts of people doing all sorts of different roles and and then yeah. you just kind of have regular townsfolk or like people who like go and buy things from people's Etsy shops and yeah. And organise fan events and like all and of that's, these something, different that roles. that's
1: yeah.
0: something that I blows my mind. That's something like, that blows
1: my mind. Especially on Twitter, when you have those bigger like accounts that kind of like, I know there's some that collect money from other fans, like donations from other fans, so they can hold big like streaming mm. um what do you call it? It's not a festival, but it's like kind of where they just hire an internet cafe. And just dream the latest comeback. And that just blows my mind that a fandom can come together to do something like that, to just support one group. That's like. There's so many different things that are constantly happening in any one fandom. And it's crazy that Mm. you can just so easily take part in it for the most part.
0: Yeah. Like the people are willing to put kind of their time and their energy and money. And so many people that I know who are super active in fandoms and and run things like that or have their shops or whatever are also working full time or studying mm-hmm. full time and like the the energy and and time that goes into the things they do for fandom, I like this is just like amazing
1: <laughs> yeah like i think um you briefly mentioned it earlier about my twitter and like how I co- i'm mm. constantly doing giveaways on my twitter mm. and it's like usually it's a mix of like either I've bought multiple copies of an album, just probably for collection purposes, so I can get my favorite buyers. Like, mm. a, a, for me, I'm also a very practical person though, so like I don't like keeping extras that much. So mm. my like in my head I was like, why don't I just start giving these away? There's plenty of people out there who love Seventeen or just love any other group, and they don't have the means to afford merch and stuff like that. Mm. So I was like, why don't I just try and give it away to these people? And I've been doing that for quite a while now since. And it's just expanded kind of how how many people I've met online. It's just crazy getting Mm. to know so many different people just through that avenue in itself.
0: Yeah. No, it's so cool. And I, yeah, I love seeing you do that on your Twitter. And, like, I've seen, yeah, some people who we'll do similar things or we'll, yeah, order a bunch of albums to get the album sales and then we'll sell them for super, super cheap um, or give them away just because, like, they want other people to have the same opportunities. And it's like you said, like, overwhelmingly these fandoms are made up of good people.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, In my opinion, like, there's a lot of people that deserve, I guess, Having this physical representation of the thing that they love, and I was mm. like, especially here in Australia. I hate to say it, but like because of shipping prices, albums mm. and just general merch stuff cost so much. And So, so I, expensive. <laughs> like despite <laughs> that, I know that I can afford said albums, and there are people who just mm. can't. So the fact that I can give to these people and other mm. like is just something that
0: I think. Is worth doing mm, I oh it was a thought that I had before um when you mentioned people like putting time and energy and and effort into fan events is um translators I like the fact mm. that there are groups of people um there's a couple of really really big um 17 translating teams
1: yeah and there
0: is. like they just volunteer and
1: they yeah, I, like do definitely.
0: and and it's like technical work, like you have to the timing and like, like captioning is, programs and all of that. Exactly. Like, it's still work,
1: but they're doing it for free because yeah. they like this group and they want the rest of the fandom to
0: have the same opportunity of understanding. Yeah. I don't know. I always like the motivation is just to like share a thing that they love. And mm-hmm. I love seeing that so much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's always good seeing people just participate in a fandom. I guess getting to know mm. other people and how different people just contribute to said fandom as well. Because there's so many different things yeah. people can do. Like like mm. you said, there's there's pins, there's
0: translators. I you know there's all different sorts of things. Yeah, cup sleeve events, which I know we can't hold very easily <laughs> Not at the moment, <laughs> but a bit more difficult. Yeah. But that like the organizing that goes into that as well, I yeah. Yeah so much and it's people who do like group orders for different areas as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to people who do group orders because I have a reasonable album collection, I think, and it's only because people do group orders.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is quite difficult. I have a few people because we haven't We have like we have an Aussie carrot chat, I guess, on Twitter, Mm, mm -hmm. and it's like a few of the members are like people who host group orders for usually random seventeen merch, whether it be Carrotland, whether it be a a concert, or just straight up albums. Like they do group orders for that, and just the amount of work that goes into making it happen from stuff like needing a like Korean address to actually getting it sent here. Then to getting mm. getting all the different things sent out to the people who bought them from you is just crazy amount of organisation that I don't think I could ever yeah. compete with.
0: <laughs> and that's and you like organising things like that. <laughs> so if someone taught me, I'd probably greatly enjoy it. But like just getting into it in general is its whole mm. own process. I just love fandoms. This has just been a bit ranty for me, at least, but <laughs> I don't know. It's a thing I really care about, and so I love talking about it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something, especially because every single person is from their own walk of life. Like, maybe, yeah. they into, know, maybe they were into into K-pop, maybe they are into mm. just... I don't know, maybe they just somehow segued into it from some random thing. I don't know how it works. People fall mm. into it for different reasons, but just the fact that everyone no matter where they're from, has come collectively to enjoy this one thing is quite extraordinary yeah. to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. And it's such a big fandom and the, like, K-pop in general. And the idea that so many people could have found this one thing and then kind of made these communities and we all share how much we love it. It's it's so cool. <laughs> Even with just my constant
1: day-to-day tweets that I do, I get you get so many interactions from so many different people and they mm. they you just you see that they can they genuinely care about your mm. life and like you care yeah, back absolutely. with them, I guess. That was yeah. phrased wrong, but like, <laughs> like that general you get to know these people and you get to caring about them, you get to know like the little bits of their life that they share mm. with you and the rest of
0: the people around them. Absolutely. And this, like, you, yeah, internet friends very much are real friends. and yeah. Don't believe like, anyone who says otherwise. Like, obviously, yeah. t- take it with a grain of salt, be cautious
1: sometimes. There are yeah. kind of dangerous people on the internet, but for the most part,
0: there are plenty of good people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We might wrap it up there. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, Would you like to share your Twitter? Sure. My Twitter is at...
1: It's kind of a mouthful, but basically saying I love Lee Jihoon aka Woozi, that's my Twitter. Um, yeah, I guess come follow me if you like, I do my best to interact with everyone that interacts with me because I love talking to people and I love just getting to know people in the fandom, I guess, so come at me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, they're a very, very wonderful presence on Twitter and I am saying that a little bit because you're my friend, but I do also genuinely believe that. <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: I, I've touched on this before, but like I do my best to stay out of the drama, so what you'll see mm. from me is the nice side of Twitter for the most part, <laughs> and me just yes. doing giveaways. So if you want something, I guess, come to me.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Come for the giveaways. Stay for the me. tiny little wholesome... <laughs> corner that you've got
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am willing to talk about anything
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes and yes links to that will be in uh, the show notes and I'll I'll be tagging on Twitter and all of that as well so it should be pretty easy for people to find biggest thank you again to Jazz for coming on the show. I really enjoy hearing different perspectives about fandom. That's something I really care about on here, so I'm glad to be able to bring you this one. Like I said, you can find links to her Twitter in the show notes and on the podcast Twitter at Munsei Podcast. The show notes is also where you can find all my sources for the episode, and Munsei Podcast is also the Instagram handle, so if that's your preferred social media platform, Head over there. I am hoping to get some more stuff up and running this week, so keep an eye out for that. This podcast is produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, whose sovereignty over this land was never ceded. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. This land was stolen, but it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thanks for joining me. I've been Zia Jay, and I'll catch you next week for the next episode of Munse, a K pop podcast.